Here we are, Locked On NFL Thursday edition. We're going to flip things up for you guys here. Uh, usually we're doing the Fantasy Friday leading up to the season, and Mike Sando is our regular Thursday guest. With scheduling issues, we're going to go ahead and flip that, and we're going to have Sando come on Friday with Matt, and we're going to do a Fantasy Thursday special for you here. And don't forget, if you want more fantasy football talk, getting prepped for your drafts or into this season, subscribe to Vinny Iyer's Locked On Fantasy Football here on the network. So we're going to get into the tight end position from a fantasy football perspective. And one thing I realized, Matt, after we posted yesterday was that we completely (laughs) forgot the Detroit Lions. That was not on purpose, Lions fans. We did not purposely forget to talk about you guys, talk about uh, MVP candidates and breakout players. So I guess we'll have to start with that today. Yeah, sorry, Lions fans. We were juggling a guest, and we end up filling up a lot of time, and it just honestly slipped our mind. So there you have it. Um, this is my last night in Latrobe with, with training camp, so camp breaks. I'll be heading home. I think everyone's about ready to do that here. And we'll be in a little bit more regular schedule from that point, too, because everything kind of starts to take shape a little bit for the season. Yeah, and I blame Peter Bukowski. I think that's a Packers anti-Lions conspiracy he had going to call us right when we were going to get to the Lions and we totally forgot and went straight into the Packers. So that's definitely his fault. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, what do you guys have coming up? A little tease the the Mike Sando tomorrow. I know he's uh, traveling around training camps. Right. He is. He went to the Panthers camp. He went to the Colts camp. So we're going to do a segment on what he saw in both of those. And I also want to talk Zeke. Dak, Clowney, some of these big name contracts slash potentially, you know, moving around guys. And who knows by then, maybe Clowney will be on a new team with a new contract. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. All right, let's talk Detroit Lions then. We got to start there and talk about potential MVP candidates. And I know there's one second year running back that you and I both love there on the Lions. So I think that's an obvious breakout. Maybe we'll dig a little deeper for another breakout. Yeah, I really, you know, we, we we talk a fair amount of fantasy this time of year, you and I, and I think both of us would love to get him. I mean, I might even take him early second round, carry on Johnson we're talking about, of course, especially because Theo Riddick is gone. I think almost all those receptions are going to go his way. Um, I'm really excited about Hawkinson. I'm excited about Galladay. Um, Flowers, the addition, I guess, could be a team MVP type of guy. I mean, they, they need a versatile uh, they need a pass rush is what they need. And Slay is going to uh, assume – he pretty much assumes the Stephon Gilmore role of tracking top receivers. So he has a really difficult job. He could be a Lions MVP type guy, you know, type of guy too. Looking at Matthew Stafford, and of course he would be an MVP candidate for the Lions, and I don't know exactly what to expect out of the Lions this year. But from a fantasy perspective, Matthew Stafford's, what, quarterback 23 right now? And I'm going by the football guys uh, draft information here. And Stafford's going quarterback 23 around 15 or so. I mean, that's that's still robbery for a guy that can chuck it all over the field and has some weapons. Yeah, I mean, I do think they'll be run heavy or at least try to be. And if their defense allows them to be. But he's still an awfully good player with you know quite a bit of weaponry. Carry on, I think Jones is an underrated receiver. I mentioned Hawkinson and Galladay. So in the fantasy world, it's crazy. I mean, I I, I do worry a little bit in, in this. I don't mean to sound coarse about this, but what his wife is going through it has to influence him 
in his profession as it would any of us. So I, it's just something to not that I wouldn't take him in fantasy or anything, but just as the lion general statement there for that team, that's going to be something looming over him and obviously the whole team. Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, anytime there's something real happening off the field, you never know exactly what it can uh, be doing to a player on the field. And uh, I mean, most of this game, we talk about so much and we see first round picks that have talent out the wazoo and so much physical ability. And a lot of times, and especially with the quarterback position specifically, it's all from the neck up. So being focused mm-hmm. and being there mentally and developing mentally as a quarterback for some of these young players, the, the arm talent's great. And we've seen quarterbacks with amazing arm talent flounder in the NFL. And then sometimes when you get it, then you're amazing because you have that extra bit of ability. But uh, from the neck up is an underrated aspect of what's going on in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just you feel for him and his family and all those things, and you hope it works out great. But it, it has to have some kind of influence on your preparation, your mindset, all those type of things. Um, do you have a young guy? I mean, that, that kind of jumps out at you as maybe a young breakout dude. I have a couple names. Looking at the Lions draft, they they obviously went with the tight end in the first round, and I'm expecting big things out of TJ Hawkson, and I, I love the skills. It does take tight ends a little while to get going in the NFL, so I, I don't know fantasy-wise if he's going to be there, especially out of the gate, but I think eventually, and I think it'll be nice for Stafford to have that in you know, maybe even a short to intermediate check down option for him and, and not just have to sling it all over the field to try to go win games for the team if the if the run game's not working for him and they're maybe coming from behind. Um, I really like their draft pick of Amani Oruwarie and a uh, cornerback out of Penn State, fifth-round player. I mean, come on. He I was, didn't see I, him as a fifth-rounder. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that was a steal of a, of a draft pick, and I think there's been some pretty good reports about him. Um, as far as the offensive side of the ball, there's not much else from their from their rookie class, but I love Galladay and I love his continued development and seeing him get better and better. And I think he's definitely a, a wide receiver too that even potentially could be, you know, for a team that waits on wide receiver, be a wide receiver one, maybe for your fantasy team. Yeah, uh, there's a handful of names here. Last year's first round pick, Frank Ragnow, is finally entrenched as a center. I think he could take a step forward. That's his natural position. Um, their defensive tackle situation all of a sudden became a strength. You know, we know who Damon Harrison is. Ashawn Robinson's got some talent. They pick up Mike Daniels for nothing from a division rival. I still don't quite understand that situation. Mm. And the guy I really like there is a breakout guy that was last year's fourth-round pick, Deshaun Hand. He's a really good player and played really well as a rookie. I don't know that most of the national you know fans out there realize that. You mix flowers into that mix, you can go inside. But I think they'll control the line of scrimmage a lot better, which also might help Jared Davis progress too. He's kind of a, you know, as an off-the-ball player. Yeah, I'd like to see that last step of development for Jared Davis and play to that first-round uh, caliber talent that he has for that Lions defense. And I completely forgot about Frank Ragnow. That's a great call. I loved Frank Ragnow in the draft. People who listen to the Locked On 49ers podcast, I was all about Frank Ragnow. And I saw him in mock drafts going second and third round, and I was like, give me that all day. I thought he was one of the best offensive linemen in the draft. And then when the Lions took him in the first round, you know, it was a little confirmation for me being like, yeah, okay, someone else sees it too, because I think that guy's a stud. Playing back at center now, I think he's going to be great for him. I expect a, a Pro Bowl caliber long-term center in Frank Ragnow for the Lions. Yeah, I'm with you. I think he could be on that type of career path going forward. Okay, let's check out 
the fantasy football tight end situation when we come back. All right, this is a good time to tell the fellas out there about Blue Chew. Guys, do you remember when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. For instance, most guys talk a good game, but if you're one and done, Blue Chew can even help you follow through for round two. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. And they're made right in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. BlueChew is the cheaper, better, faster choice. BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On. We thank them for sponsoring this podcast. So there's an obvious tier, I think, and uh, you have to spend some money on tight ends this year if you want to get one of the top three tight ends early. And I'm talking about Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, and George Kittle. For me, I have Kittle higher than Ertz and pretty much neck and neck with Kelsey, which means in most drafts, I think Kittle is the, the best value of those three guys just because he's done it less, I think, is why he's being taken third. But... um Travis Kelsey obviously has the best track record, and I'm not going to argue with anybody who takes Travis Kelsey first. How do you see those three in the top tier, and do you see anybody else competing for that tier? No, I do think that tier stands alone, but I think Ertz is somewhat of a distant third. Um, I think he's the least talented of the three. I mean, just in terms of speed, run after the catch. Um, I mean, he's very crafty. He's a very good player, but I don't think he's as gifted as those two. I think Kittle clearly has the least competition for targets. You know, those other two offenses are loaded with big-time guys, and I think that hurts Ertz quite a bit, especially with Dallas Goddard looming and really, really playing well. Um, I go Kelsey, Kittle, Gap, Ertz, tear break. That's pretty much how I have it as well, and George Kittle, for me, I completely agree. He's the, the number one target by far in San Francisco, and last year, he did so much on his own. There's potential for even more there for him to not have to do as much after the catch. And with Garoppolo in at quarterback, maybe getting the ball a little bit deeper down the field, hitting the seam a little bit more and getting more air yards rather than everything being in the 10-yard range and him catching and running and doing so much after the catch that he was so great at with Nick Mullins at quarterback, especially at the end of the years when he really went crazy. And uh, I, I think 16 games worth of that basically wide receiver one target share for George Kittle could be huge too because he didn't really come into his own and be that guy where they were just feeding him the ball until a little bit later in the season so you start there from week one and you're just targeting him all day as the number one weapon uh, I love George Kittle and there's no competition in the offense and you got the your quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo back again I think that spells very good things for George Kittle and like you said Ertz and Kelsey just have a little bit more competition 
for targets in Kansas City and Philadelphia. Yeah, quick question for you, though. I mean, it sounds like Ertz would probably not end up on either of our teams at the going rate. Whereabouts are you willing to pull the trigger on Kelsey and Kittle? I mean, to me, I'd probably consider Kelsey anywhere in the second round of a 12-team league and Kittle not far after, maybe mid-second. And if I could get either one late in the second, I think I'm jumping on him. Yep, I'm right there with you. I think round two is where you would have to take Kelsey, and that's where he's going, going by this uh, football guy's ADP here. Uh, Travis Kelsey is going pick three in the second round in 12-team leagues, and then Zach Ertz and George Kittle are both going uh, around the turn area. Pick mm-hmm. one in the third round for Ertz and maybe a little bit more towards the middle of the third round for George Kittle. And we had talked about this on some prior episodes. I think if you have that early draft pick this year, if you pull like the first, second, third pick in the draft, and you're able to take one of the stud running backs early. You know, let's say you let's say you have the first pick in your draft, and you get Saquon Barkley number one. Then you come mm-hmm. around to the turn. Uh, I'm fine with any one of those three tight ends there in that third round to start off your third round with George Kittle. That'd be fantastic. And maybe who we just talked about, on Johnson, could be on the board at the end of the second round. Uh, that's an amazing way to start your draft, especially <laughs> yeah. with how deep wide receiver is. If you're able to go uh, Saquon Barkley. Carry on Johnson, George Kittle, and your first three picks. I'm all over that. Yeah, that would be a home run and not that far fetched. I mean, and I think it, it wouldn't be crazy talk or even take a step further. Let's say you pick four and you get whatever fourth one is left. Say it's Kamara, and then you take Kittle at that, you know, even earlier than you suggested. And then you end up with Aaron Jones around the turn or something like that. I yep. mean, I think that's a solid way to go. Um, the only thing, and is I'm not just not sure I'd pay that Ertz price though. Like if if in your scenario, if I had the first pick in the draft and I come back at 24, 25, I bet there's 25 guys I'd take ahead of Ertz. Yeah, and I don't dislike Ertz at all, and I, and I love no. his his ability. And uh, but you know he's got Goddard there that could maybe get in there and they go two tights, and so he could look at some targets there and uh, so many other weapons in Philadelphia. That's the only reason. So to me, it's pretty obvious that, and I'm probably not going to go tied in in the second round, which means Kelsey's going to be gone. So for me, if I'm getting one of those first-tier guys, it's George Kittle. And if I'm at the early third round and he's still there, that's probably where I'm pulling the trigger and unlikely to have Ertz or Kelsey on my team. Yeah, probably true. All right, so let's talk tier number two because there's some super talented, super athletic players that I like. Evan Ingram and OJ Howard, those guys are going four and five with ADP. And I I think I might have those two guys alone in the second tier for me before you start getting to the other guys. But as far as drafts are happening in ADPs, I think Hunter Henry, Jared Cook, and maybe even Eric Ebron should be considered in that second tier for where they're getting drafted. Yeah, I think that's how things are going right about now, mid-August. I wouldn't touch Ebron at that price. I mean, there's no way he's going to keep up the the, the touchdown um, touchdown per target ratio was just off the charts. And then you add Funches and Doyle was injured a lot last year. I think he's a very useful player and a really good offense. But I think he's fantasy fool's gold, so he would not. He's not going to be on my team. I'm interested in Cook. I think he played very well last year. He's far from done. He has some freaky athleticism, and he's exactly what the Saints need and know how to use them. I'm sure Breeze um, and Peyton will make a very Jimmy Graham-like statement with him, but you know, running deep down the field and from the scene too. So I like Cook, but to me, Howard, Engram, Henry are a second tier alone. 
mostly because of the upside. You know, you kind of mentioned it. Howard, to me, is like the total package who's ready to burst, and I think there's a really good chance that he's a Tier 1 guy next year. Engram also is dripping with talent, and I do think the the metrics with and without Odell are real for him. I mean, much, much more productive when Odell's not there. And I think he may lead the team in targets this year, or, or Barkley. I mean, their receivers aren't that daunting. Henry would be third behind those two. I'd go Howard, Engram, Henry. But I like his situation a lot. I think he's a really good football player. And I wouldn't mind you know, paying the price for any of those three once the big three are gone, round four, round five in that neighborhood. But I, I think I might end up with Howard on my team quite often. One thing about O.J. Howard is he might have gone to one of the worst situations in the league for how good he is and what he's been able to do fantasy-wise so far in his career. And he's such a good blocker. And Cameron Brait was already in Tampa. And by the way, Cameron Brait's supposed to be full go again here in the 2019 season. So that that does hamper O.J. Howard again. And the thing about O.J. Howard, he's such a good blocker that he's going to play that traditional Y role and he's going to be in line. And so I wonder if offensive coordinators might still not, you know, have fun with Howard like they do with Evan Ingram and like they do with all the other tight ends we're talking about and move him out in the slot and, and use all these kind of matchups with him just because he's such a good blocker and they might utilize him in line more. So it almost hurts his fantasy value that he's his real value is so high because he's such a good player. But athletically, he's off the charts. He's he's a dominating player in the red zone, too. So O.J. Howard, I think, when we're talking about this in a couple of years, might be the most talented tight end in the NFL. And maybe he's that tight end one here if he gets the right situation. And I don't know how he's going to be utilized by uh, Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay this year. But he's so physically talented that I'm buying on him all day. But Cameron Brate still does scare me a little bit. And Cameron Brate is basically free. Yeah, yeah, I can't argue with anything you said there. Um, if we go to the third tier, I would have Cook there. I wouldn't have Ebron in my third tier, though. You'd have him all the way in, an, in another tier lower. Yeah, behind those guys, yeah. And to me, Cook and Vance McDonald, who just finished practice right around the corner from me here, are, are the next group for me. I think both those guys are in really good situations to produce this year. Okay, actually, well, let's let's take a break here then, and we'll dive deeper into those sleepers and get into that tier two and three and some of the players you like late. I think there's a couple of players that both of, I, both of us have talked about that we really love late in fantasy drafts. So you mentioned tier three, and if, if your tier two ends at Jared Cook, that's seven tight ends, and in that tier two for you would be Ingram, Howard, Henry, Cook, now we're talking about... Yeah, Cook would actually be a Tier 3 guy for me. I have two in my top... Or gotcha. I, I'm sorry. I have three in my Tier 1. I have three in my Tier 2. Yep. And I think Cook and McDonald would be alone in my Tier 3. Okay. Hooper in Atlanta. You talked about Vance McDonald, mm-hmm. who you like there. Uh, David Njoku. I like the size there. I A lot of weapons. I've had Njoku on my fantasy football team. Uh, he was one of my targets last year. I had him in a lot of leagues. And I love his ability to sky for the ball and maybe be a red zone weapon. I just think the ball's going to get spread around a little bit too much. And, and he's pretty talented, but he's also not as loose of an athlete as some of these players are. He's basically the exact opposite of someone like Zach Ertz because Ertz can separate and get open. He's, he's like smooth. And and David Joku is almost so rocked up and so tight that he almost like Vernon Davis used to be for the 49ers where his lateral agility is not great, but he's so powerful and so explosive in a straight line. It can go up and get the ball and those type of things. But I do like David, David Njoku, and I could see some scenarios where he's my tight end one if I wait a while and he's still on the board. 
but he's going in the eighth round right now, and I think that's a nice spot for him. But once I wait on tight ends, I might go even a little bit further. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I wish Najoku was on my favorite team. I think he's coming along well. His best days are ahead of him. You know, everything you said athletically, I agree with. Fast in a straight line, long arms, huge wingspan. I just think that Chubb's going to catch more balls than people realize. Odell's going to demand the ball and have a big year. I think Landry's production is going to be much less than people think. And I don't know that Najoku can thrive. And I think he's a little too inconsistent week to week for me to pay an eighth-round price on him. And I like the player. I might like him better a year from now. I want to talk to you about one guy who's way down here. He's going in around late 16th round area, and he's been a guy who's been in the upper echelon of tight ends for a lot of his career, and that's Jason Witten in Dallas. What do you make of him coming back from retirement? I don't. <laughs> I mean, I, I, my, I've said this many times. There's tight ends like Witten, Gates, even Gonzalez late in his years, Heath Miller, um, Greg Olson, uh, that – fade away very slowly, that they don't run well very anymore. They're very smart. They understand blocking angles. They understand defenses. They know where to sit it down in a zone. They catch everything near them. And Witten was that way the last three couple years of his career. And they fade away slow. Tight ends that are really good players and lasted that long don't fall off cliffs. And they're usually good around the, the goal line. I, he's too much of an unknown for me to invest any fantasy capital in him because I, I just don't see any upside. And we talked about quarterbacks playing the position from the neck up. Tight ends is one of those positions that's similar because they have to learn the receiving game. They have to learn the blocking game and the running game. And so tight end career paths, they, they start off slow and that arc starts slow and then it ends slow as well. So you can play for a while, even as your physical ability starts to decline. And Greg Olson's going in that same range a little bit, a little bit earlier, maybe 13 mm -hmm. round range for Greg Olson, which I actually like. And another guy in the 13 round range, which I think is probably my number one tight end sleeper this year. I don't know how you feel about him in Baltimore, but Mark Andrews. I love him. I, I said out on Twitter two months ago before there was buzz about him, Mark Andrews is going to lead the Ravens in receptions, and and I believe that to be true. Ooh. I think that's mo I think that's Lamar's most trusted guy. Uh, I think he's a much better player than Hayden Hurst. They play two, three tight ends on the field a lot. Um, Lamar is a lot more comfortable throwing to the middle of the field than outside the numbers. I think Andrews' stock is very much rising. Um, I don't think you're going to, wherever his ADP is now, if your draft is two weeks from now, I don't think you'll get him at that current ADP. We skipped over quite a few players here. And yeah, I got a few I like. There's, I'm going to rattle off some names, and this is just going purely by ADP. We've got Delaney Walker in the 10-round range. We've got Kyle Rudolph in the 12th. We've got Trey Burton in the 12th. We've got Jordan Reed, Jimmy Graham in the 13th, and Jack Doyle going all the way down in the 15th round. Of those that you mentioned, People are going to roll their eyes at me, but there's one guy I think I'm going to end up with in every draft. I'll buy him around earlier than I should, and all the other ones I don't want him to do with that you mentioned. But the guy I like is Jordan Reed, and I know he's going to get hurt in week two, but I'm going to start him in week one. You know, that offense has no receiving weapons. I'm not buying into, boy, he's having the best camp of his life. He looks great. I've, I've, I've bitten on that before. But when this guy's on the field and healthy – He's a tier one tight end. And if you can get him in the 14th round of your draft, 
and you only start them five weeks while Mark Andrews is your backup and you have nothing invested in the tight end position, he can get you, you know, while he's healthy, start him. You know, especially now, their receivers aren't very good. Um, he's a heck of a weapon. I mean, he's a better version of Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram wants to be Jordan Reed. You know what I mean? Like, he just can't stay healthy. And I don't – I'm a little – I'm not risk-averse when it comes to injuries, especially on late-round guys like this. If I only start him five weeks all year, I'm going to get a lot of points out of those five weeks. You know, I feel very similar about a different player who's built a lot like Jordan Reed and is that uh, detached tight end type, and that's Trey Burton. And I like him in Chicago as well. Again, dealing with injuries through a lot of his career, a little bit younger than Jordan Reed. Just because the legs are younger, maybe you can get a little bit more mileage out of him. Maybe he'll be a bigger part of the offense. I don't know. But I do like Trey Burton, and he's going around in that same range. And so for all the reasons you said about Jordan Reed, I just am not as comfortable with Jordan Reed being healthy for enough games. But when he is healthy, he's definitely that guy you throw out there and could be your tight end one certain weeks. And one thing I do like about Jordan Reed, actually, is, first of all, the offense that they're in. And it's sounding like right now that Colt McCoy is going to be the quarterback that is at least the early season starter, maybe. He's taking a little bit of a lead, and maybe... Uh, Dwayne Haskins isn't quite ready yet, and even when Dwayne Haskins is ready, young quarterbacks, they like to dial up a lot of short, easy stuff, so that spells a lot of tight end work as well. So I do like the quarterback situation and offense situation playing into the hands of Jordan Reed if he's on the field for Washington. Yeah, and I want to extrapolate the the Redskins situation to the Rams. You remember McVay, that's where he made his bones, and when McVay got to the Rams, they went out of their way to trade to go get Gerald Everett, and he mentioned Jordan Reed after in the press conference after, you know, that this is going to be our Jordan Reed. And I think he's a small school tight end, a lot of ability. And I think this past season he went out and got Daryl Henderson, who's going to be his Chris Thompson. And I think, you know, Belichick kind of figured him out. And I think he realized, hey, I don't have a dynamic receiving back and tight end. My offense has become a little predictable. So I think Everett's role is really ready to spike. I don't know that I'm drafting him yet, but he's like a top my watch list. If he has a good week, week one, week two, he could be in for a much better year than people realize right now. Yeah, and I've actually had sort of that watch list dance with Gerald Everett now for a couple of seasons and waited for him to take off. And the fact that he's not the best blocker keeps yeah. him off the field, I think, compared to um, – uh, who am I blanking on? Who's the other tight end there in Higby. Los Angeles? Higby, yeah. Higby's yeah, just a little trustworthy bit, yeah, scrimmage. bigger and more physical and can catch the ball at least a little bit. So that's, I think, hurt Gerald Everett. And I think, say, a Higby injury would really maybe be that thing that he needs to get on the field every down and then get a, a much bigger target share. But I do like your, your train of thought there. And like you said, he's not going in the top 16, 17 rounds. So you can you don't even have to draft him. Or if you have a super deep league, you can stash him on your roster and, and see what Gerald Everett potentially gives you. But I like that potential deep sleeper breakout there. Uh, there's a few other players here in that that super late round tier area, the, the post-13 round, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17 that we didn't talk about yet. And TJ Hawkinson, I know you love. He's one of them. I don't like rookie tight ends, but at the price... I'm okay with Hawkinson and seeing maybe if he starts to break out and starts to come into his own maybe in the second half of the year, and that's fine. Noah Fant's going in around the 16th area, and Dallas Goddard and Darren Waller, another couple of guys going late, all big, talented, athletic tight ends that you just don't know what their usage is going to be. Yeah, all very good names. I would add one to that list in Chris Herndon, 
who has a suspension, so I'm not drafting him, but he's going to be right on my watch list. And maybe week two, I grab him before someone else on the out there gets him. All those guys you mentioned have a lot of talent, a lot of upside. Their best football's ahead of them. Uh, I'd love to have all of them in dynasty leagues. You know, I think they all have bright futures. Um, they're they're kind of flyers at this point. But if you have Vance McDonald and you're going to take a second tight end at the bottom of your draft, all those names are good ones because I bet two of them hit this year. So ideally, we only have a minute or two left here. Ideally, if you're drafting right now, are you trying to maybe dip your toe in the water there early rounds, get one of those top three tight ends? Are you going for tier two or are you going to wait and say, try to double up on big talent late, get a Mark Andrews in round 12 and, you know, and like Jordan Reed, maybe back to back rounds or something like that. I don't feel super strong about any of those three scenarios. And I'm, I'm actually very comfortable with both or all three. Um, I've, I've done some mock drafts over the past week and the trend that I've noticed most out of the seven or eight that I've done is I end up with OJ Howard a lot in maybe the fourth round in that neighborhood. You know, I break that tier open before Ingram and Henry and those guys go. I'm really excited about him, but I'm not married to him. All right. Good stuff, Matt. As always, that's going to do it for us on this episode of Locked On NFL. Hopefully we helped you out and got you excited about some sleeper tight ends there. Next week, we are going to go big on wide receivers. There's a lot to talk about in that position group that is just massive. And then, of course, tomorrow... Mike Sando coming up with Matt here on Locked On NFL. Matt, thanks once again. Always fun. Absolutely. It was a blast. Talk to you guys tomorrow right here, Locked On NFL.